I'm stuck in the chicken coop. <laughs> Oh, man. Entertaining, are you? This is fantastic. Uh-huh. There's a latch there so that it doesn't lock on me. Hey, this is Jared. Hey, friends. This is Annette. And this is our <laughs> Azure Farm podcast where we're going to talk about all things farm, family, home, and all things in between. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Jared. I always like starting like that. Hi, Jared. Since that's the first time we've ever started like that, that's how much she loves it. <laughs> I've got a fun story this week to kick off our podcast. Yeah, you do. It's about dingle dangies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying laughing when Annette says that the other night. I but go on, tell I the story. I didn't, I didn't want to use other words. So we've got Santiago. That is our little boy um, goat that we got. He is half Nigerian dwarf. Half, half Antonio Banderas. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Half pygmy. And we decided that I was going back and forth on whether or not he should be a weather. That's how you say it. I don't know why they called him that. Eunuch. <laughs> well, sure, I guess that's in the human term. Um, but that is where you kind of do like a little procedure. How do you describe it? I'm so that curious then they how can't you're repro- So then the so no, okay, fine. I will be a professional about it. Um, it's just where basically if you do a procedure where then they aren't able to reproduce because they don't have their testicles in functioning order. Beep. No, <laughs> no, seriously, then. Don't say that word again. They can't. Well, I didn't. So hence why I said dingle dangies. Okay. Okay. The dingle dangies then. <laughs> I can't say it with a serious face. Um don't work anymore and so then they can't reproduce and have babies and the reason I did that decided that for little Santiago yeah tell us about your eugenics program oh my word please describe it to us Jared there's a lot of different reasons why you should have goats and take care of goats and our two girls a lot of times a weather which is what a goat is called after they don't have the dingle dangies and it's called a weather. They do well around the girls. If you have a boy goat who does who just has not had that procedure, apparently when they are in mating season, they can be very smelly, very rambunctious. They pee on themselves. That's how they attract the ladies. And then the pee. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. But they do it a lot. So then that smell, <laughs> it's just like basically they're very smelly. They can be rowdy. Just a lot of different things. And so a lot of people say like you don't really want a male goat unless he's a weather because then there'll just be a lot of issues. So I'm sure there's lots of opinion out there. But the main reason I did not want to breed Santiago with Dahlia and Ruby is because he is mixed with Nigerian dwarf and that's a larger breed than a pygmy. So I didn't want there to be any issues with the babies being too big for Dahlia and Ruby, etc. Okay? So the bottom line of this long story about goat history is that There's one way to do this procedure. You can have the vet come and do it surgically, or there's this rubber band method, which a lot of farmers and people use, and I really looked into it, and I know a lot of people who have done it. Sounds really scientific. Well, you basically tie a little rubber band around the dingle dangies, which stops the blood flow to them, and then they just basically kind of die and then don't work. Oh, it does work, like though. Like the one child child rule in Shana. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways. 
terrible. All I'm saying is, I was not brave enough. You're supposed to buy these um, plier-looking things. They have them, you oh, know, man, tractor supply. Tra- pliers, and then they open up this rubber band, and you go around. Okay, it's this very in-depth thing. So I called Cousin Zane. We've talked about him before. He's our cousin. Actually, we don't just call him Cousin Zane. And they have a farm, too, and he had just done this to his goats, and they're called, I think, Cash... Mm, cashew and gravy. They were born on Thanksgiving. I thought you were going to say cash money. <laughs> no, they're born on Thanksgiving. And you're around, you're supposed to do this around the 8 to 12 week mark, 10 being the ideal. And Santiago was 10 weeks. So I said, let's do this. Uncle Zane came over. I held poor little Santiago. He kind of went, Eek! and then he's been fine the rest of the time. So I've heard it's not really that traumatizing when they're young at this age. All the things. So that was my fun farm activity. Hence, take note, everyone, how Jared was not around for the dingle dangy procedure. No, no, um, I, I, I wasn't sure. The eugenics program. I wasn't sure if I could ask Jared to be a part of it. I wasn't sure how he would handle oh, it. Oh, she was sure. That's why I was. <laughs> so asked. I had to go to a, another family member for a help. Manly man. Yeah, Zane had no problem. He's like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> no problem for me. So I am grateful to Zane for helping out and. Yes, so things on a farm day-to-day that you do sometimes that you don't wake up thinking, oh, this is what we're going to do today. But there's always a lot of, like, you know, animal maintenance and all these different things that come along with caring for animals that you sometimes don't even realize. So, okay, long-winded. But I thought we'd cover a fun... Well, Jared definitely thinks this is a F-U-N fun topic. Um, that's close to Jared's heart, and that is called business. <laughs> no, we thought we'd talk about, yeah, like um, starting business. a bus- business. I can't say it well. Um, what are your thoughts, Jared? Basically, it's on how to start. We've done different businesses, Jared especially. So if you're looking at maybe being a small um, business owner, we're very passionate about that and think it's wonderful for people to do that. Maybe we thought we'd talk about that for a minute. A hot minute. So everyone should have a side hustle. Okay. The definition of a side hustle is something you're working on and doing that should make you a few dollars, but sometimes it just pays for itself and you have fun. But the best thing about it is you're learning. So that's the best part about it. Always learning. And the best thing about businesses, it's just this learning uh, experience all the time. You're always learning something. So uh, I'll give you a good example. Okay. Someone reached out to me recently and said, I've got this idea for this beverage and it's a winner. Chicken dinner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I'm like, really? All right, tell me all about it. So they were telling me about this beverage and it's got to be crafted in a certain way. And uh, it's not a beer, but it's brewed like a beer. Hmm. And so I'm listening and and I'm trying to give him ideas like, all right, you probably need to contact this type of source. You need to figure out the pricing for this. Like, you got to really build a business model based on real quotes, real prices, all this different stuff. I'm just giving him all these things I think I've figured out. And then he says, okay, well, I mean, he, he said something about if it tastes good. I said, well, that's probably the biggest thing where people fail in business when it relates to f- something related with food. And that is... My mom loves the cookies. My dad <laughs> loves the cookies. My cousin, my best friend. And that's usually a very biased audience. Quite biased. Quite biased. 
If you have any type of food-based business idea, which is a fun one, it's easy to start up, you can do it. Find people that don't know you and don't like you. There's less than one for today. <laughs> they don't know you, they don't like you, and somehow they're testing or tasting your product and they're able to give you real feedback. You're already in love with the idea. We already think it's going to be a billion-dollar idea. You're trying to find out what's wrong with it. And if literally you get to the point where based on feedback and you're refining, you're refining to the point where you're like, this is a great idea. Then you see if they would pay you money for them. You see if people would drive across town to pay you for that or go online and pay you for that. Because then when people are willing to pay you for your idea or business or service or product, then you are in business. Might have something. You might have something. I was going to say it's... This actually, what you just said, could apply to not just food, meaning if you have any business idea, consult with not just your family on what that is. Get an opinion maybe from someone else too. Yeah, the problem is you, with a business, you just fall in love with it. I've had a few of those. Uh, we've got a gardening course that's coming out in a few weeks, and it took a very expensive business where we learned a lot of things and didn't make the type of money we would hope and thought to learn a lot of those things. And I was so in love with it, I was pretty blind on, oh, it's going to sell itself. And you're not really thinking about the end of it. And for that particular idea, what killed it was the shipping. The shipping of the product, which was soil and seeds and you'd grow stuff in your house and all these different things. Really great idea, I thought, is the shipping killed it because the shipping was more than the actual product. Mm -hmm. So... You really think through your whole idea. What's the whole experience? All right, well, somebody would order this and it's shipped to their house. What does that cost? And then when they open it, what is that experience like? What do they do next? What do they do next? So, okay, get finding people that don't like you, don't you? That's lesson one. Here's yeah. another one. What's the trend in the world right now? There's different trends. There's different things going on. Look at the data. Let the data inform you, yet not be the end-all, be-all. But the data should inform you. I'll give you an example. Right now, those who love the idea or hate the idea, doesn't matter. This is the future. The environment will be the issue. Mm -hmm. Think about how to make a product that is thoughtful, that is sustainable, that is uh, healthy for people, healthy for the planet. Again, you may say, I'll burn trash in my backyard or I... I'm the most environmentally conscious person on the planet. doesn't really matter the spectrum. The market is saying you better be environmentally conscious mm -hmm. and con have a conscience. So whatever business idea, bake that in, build that in. That's really important right now. Mm -hmm. um, that's two. Any thoughts on that one? I mean, that is a big trend right now. And it's, not a, it's obviously a good thing to try to do that. So that would be if someone is doing a physical product, correct? More so? Yeah, really. Right? That's right. Anything okay. physical. Yeah. Like not a, because there's so many different kinds of businesses, but I'm thinking that's if you're making like something that's tangible, yeah. you'd want it to maybe fall in that category. That's or if what it's you're packaging related. Right. Like sure. the days of plastic packaging, like you're a criminal in some places for using that because people say, hey, you're not thinking of the environment. So, hey, you know yeah, what? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Don't lose a customer over something. You can simply say, hey, if it costs us a little more and you put this in your garden and it becomes compost. Yeah. It's good to think like that. Um, I will say this is like total side note, but there's a business I really like, um, and it's called Alchemist Farm, and it's a chicken breeding breeder. They're in California, and I like that they do everything 
100% like uh, waste free in their actual facilities. And when they ship the little chickens, everything is re like compostable. So you can then take that and compost it and all, not the chickens, obviously. <laughs> not the baby chickens. Those you raise. <laughs> right. But th that's like one of their big things. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. So yeah, it's cool. Uh, then probably a couple more I would say is one, if you're really going to go after something, commit to it. I think there's a principle in the Bible that talks about a tree, like you need to let it go three years, let it really develop itself. In the fourth year, a tree really grows fruit. That's hard. So it's hard. It's so tempting to pick the fruit out. So the same with the business. Like you start a business, you're like, oh, I want to make money. Oh, I want to buy a Ferrari right now. Uh, those who are successful in business have learned the art of delayed gratification where they see my payoff is down the road. I don't need a payoff now. If you just want another job, sure, you can start a business to make, make a job or replace a job. But the real goal of starting a business is so you can give jobs to other people and ultimately there's a payoff down the road, which is financial freedom. Sure. That's really the big goal. Uh, the last thing I'd say is, is the idea of a lean startup. Just prove that your model is even a good idea. Before you go spend thousands on packaging and thousands on websites and marketing and all these different things, like start really small. You can find, I mean, make your own packaging. Mm -hmm. Wrap that thing in paper. <laughs> draw on it yourself and really see, will people like this? It kind of mm -hmm. goes back to the first one. Like if people say they love it, they don't care so much about the packaging. The packaging only helps it make better. The marketing only makes the, the business run better. All these things make it better, but they aren't the end-all be-all. And it's easy as people get in business, this is like the first and most tempting thing. I'm going to get business cards. I'm going to rent a location. I'm going to get a truck. I'm going to put my name on the truck. Yeah, don't get a location at first. <laughs> and it's like, you don't even have a business idea. Like, it's people need to pay you. It's obviously more money up front, but yeah, but it's, don't. And I would even say to the point, like, oh, I'm getting a corporation set up. I'm getting a bank account set up. There are great tax reasons to do all that. There's a lot of good business strategy there. Great. But start it with, I have a bank account, write your check to John Smith. <laughs> and that's the bank account. And I'll pay more tax on it, fine. But prove the business model. You'll be so much more peaceful when it starts to go because then you have the money in hand to go do it where you don't really have to rely on debt. There's a place for debt, but not based on just fantasies. If it's, hey, we're making a million a month, we need a bigger warehouse, that's the time to go get some debt because then you can pay that thing off pretty fast because you need it to expand. But Oh, there's a lot, lot Isn't more, the three-year rule about, there is kind of like a three-year rule, right? For any business startup, you got you kind of have to give it three years for it to, re to really get a return or to really, like, don't pay yourself in that time. Don't. Well, I mean, well, there's, there's some thoughts I mean, of not paying yourself, on, if you can pay yeah. yourself. But it's, it's not good to get into something and be like, this better make me a million dollars in a year or I'm done. It's like, mm, yeah. there's really or no overnight Or invest back stories. in your business and really give it yeah. your all for three years. And That's then right. you'll really start seeing it. I mean, you, you start, start to pay off. That's right. You start to see all these companies in the world today. Uh, I read an interesting thing the other day. It basically showed that hardly anybody made money last year. Well, yeah, it's such a rough like year. All these businesses, like mm -hmm. hardly anyone made money. But mm -hmm. you can look at the history of companies like Tesla, Amazon, all these huge companies that for decades, they lost money. Hmm. But they were all building to a scale of, we're going to be this and we're going to do this. And you finally get there. Now, that's a long shot idea. Yeah. But sometimes you have to start your business model to say, I'm going to sell this granola at $5 a pound, even though really I should be making seven. But knowing that, but once I'm 
selling a thousand bags, which I think I can do in six months, I'll be buying my granola cheaper. I can buy enough packaging to make it cheaper. And really $5 is the best price for this granola. Hmm. So it's kind of building your whole model based on scale. That's a whole different idea, but but one that I think can help some people get. I think we talked about margin a little bit in one of our other podcasts, leave yourself room for margin and kind of to be able to deal with all those kind of things. So it's going to take more time. It's going to take more money. Don't be so hard on yourself. Plan that from the beginning. If you think it's going to cost you a hundred, it's probably going to cost you 130. If you think it's going to take you 10 days, it's probably going to take you 15 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think, we all there's a chicken there's a chicken there's a chicken sound i do think we all by um nature kind of have this thing where we want to be like creative and most of us probably want to do something that's not what we currently do most people do yeah. and it doesn't mean that what you currently do is bad or that you don't even want to do that but like i do think we all kind of have this like what else can i do and i really am passionate about People should pursue those things if you're able. If nothing else, you're going to learn skills that will make your current job better. Yeah. I just think it's use both sides of your brain. You know, if you like being creative and you're not being creative, you know, do something where you can. And if it's in the form of a business, it's even better. So, yeah, just so many different things. What would, what would, what else would you do if you could do anything? Is there like something that you're like, I've never done that yet and I would like to do that? Yeah. One day I'm going to open a, place where people come (laughs) and it's like a spa in the woods but it's built for mind like not mindlessness stuff but like literally built on leadership i've been talking with a friend about this idea i think there's a total niche in the market it's not the spa where you're just getting massage all day but you're actively learning how to live life better Uh, yeah there's some training going on but uh Hmm. okay yeah I think there's something there. So that's okay, something well, I want to do. Let's stay tuned for that, I guess. Does mm-hmm. it involve chickens? The important question. Uh, and that needs to sell a lot of her chicken course so that <laughs> I can do that idea. So if you don't know how to raise chickens, Annette knows how to raise some chickens. <laughs> okay, I do have a how to raise chickens course that I do think is helpful. But yeah, yeah okay. All right. Well, um, I've we do have a really fun interview next week so i'm excited about that so stay tuned for that and i'm sure there'll be more fun farm stories probably not with dingle dangies next week but something exciting always around here so from our happy farmily to yours we hope to encourage you to start a business if you haven't and always reach out if you have questions and right, do it. goodbye bye